We them guys, let me bring you on the block. This the movie, Red Box. We don't like the Red Sox. Fire hydrants on blast when the town get hot. Drink tequila by the ounce at the hookah spot. If you ain't from here, you cannot survive here. But you with the crew, so you can come disguise here. Step up in our shoes, let us give you the news. And tell you all the things that others who scared to. My city worldwide, so how can I fear you? We wasn't raised on the sick code, I'ma spare you. This is not a scene that you can compare to. You might as well soak it all in while you here, dude. Cause this is the birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. I said birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. And that's from the Bronx with love, from the Bronx with A. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with A. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with A. Bronx with love, Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Welcome back, everyone, to our lovely podcast. Dom, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I um, I think I mentioned in previous episodes how I was doing a lot of cleaning at home. And especially in my kitchen now that, you know, my mom is getting ready to move out, Mm -hmm. which sounds kind of weird because you would expect that it was me the one moving out. But in this situation, it's the parents moving Mm -hmm. out. (laughs) Since they didn't let me move out when I wanted to, it was like, okay, now you're stuck with me or you move out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then now you're like, I'm kicking you out. So that's what I've been up to. What about you? Um, I am. So I remember during the summer, I went, I had a bit of a reading kick. Ooh. And I was just like going through a ton of books. And it slowed down. Partly because at the, I think during the fall, work was really, really <laughs> getting tough. So it was like fall into the winter. It was like it was really hard to concentrate with work. But now that I have a little bit more time on my hands, I'm like trying to get myself back into that flow. And I'm finding that like winter is fighting me against it. Like I really, I think the summer and the very little vitamin D I was able to get from the summer, Karen, let's move on. Um, (laughs) Whatever. I had some kind of vitamin D in me during the summer. At least there was like... a little bit more pep in my step with the sun. And like now I'm really feeling like the seasonal affective disorder. And it's like, all I want to do is just snuggle in my um, sheets and watch my Netflix mindlessly scroll through my phone. And I'm like, I have, I bought like four really great books on my list that I just like really wanted to read and now I'm just they're looking at me in shame and disgust and they're telling me every minute I don't read them I'm just gonna lose a brain cell and I'm like that's rude but okay you know so yeah I'm having a real battle oh actually I was just going to say that you're not the only one Mm -hmm. because remember when I was also into reading a lot Mm -hmm. well Come the winter time, all I've been doing is watching TV. <laughs> I know. I stormed through these shows like I was on a deadline. And I started a book called The Devil's Highway. Oh, that's which cool. Which talks about immigration, which is, I guess, 
right for these times. Yeah, for these current times. Mm -hmm. But I think I only read the first two chapters. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'm going to pick it up anytime soon. I'm going to be real. So I think until April, I might start picking up again. I know, yeah, it's something like, it's something (laughs) kind of like, because that's how what happened to me. Like I really, I like just started devouring books in May. It's like the birds and the bees, but with like books. <laughs> I don't know. Something just like my brain was turned on for some reason. But, but now it's just like I guess we're hibernating. We are, and there's nothing. But wrong. I don't want hibernation weight. <laughs> oh, that that's true. That's another problem. I have not hit the gym in like two weeks. It's fine. It's fine. I love me at any size because I'm cute regardless. Me too. Actually, <laughs> you know what? Uh, the thing is about me is that I go thrift shopping, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I find a skirt or a dress. And even though it doesn't quite zip, I just mm-hmm. think, okay, this is my winter weight. Mm-hmm. When I go to the summer, this will close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I end up getting it. <laughs> I don't know if it's bad. Well, that's what Mindy would call aspirational clothing. <laughs> I think she has a section. I remember in the show, she like had a section in her closet. And then Danny was like, why do you have so many like baby clothes? And she's like, baby clothes. This is like my aspirational wear. This is what I'm going to wear, my end goal. I'm like, oh, my God. That sounds like something my dumb ass would do. <laughs> like well, literally buy baby clothes. <laughs> At least you're like smart and you're like, oh, I just got to shave off a few inches. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's usually that. If I feel like they're super, super snug, I'm just like, Karen, be realistic. There's mm-hmm. no way you're ever going to be an extra small again. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's what I've been doing. I, I don't do it as often, though. I try to control myself. But mm-hmm. hey, if I find a good brand, I take it. Which mm-hmm. now, actually, I've started to realize that I can potentially resell this clothing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do that on Poshmark or Depop. Mm-hmm. So I might start getting into that. But first, I have to organize my mess. So, so good. Speaking of organize your mess, um, yeah, my, so I was saying this to um, Karen off air, but like my timeline for quite a bit has been a mess because of one woman who just wants to clean the world, Marie Kondo. And I love her. We will talk more about, like, there's been articles about her. Um, we read the New York Times article, um, which we'll link in the description section about her. And I know Karen has watched the show. I have not. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if you want to kick it off, Karen, and talk about Marie Kondo. You're, like, bursting at the seams. Like, I love her. <laughs> yes. So, Marie Kondo, she is, like, the sweetest little person on this planet. Mm -hmm. I don't know who would hate her. But anyway, there's haters out there. Mm -hmm. So, I watched the show, and if you guys are constant listeners, you already know that I love shows that are about remodeling homes. And I love it when they get into, like, 
the whole demolition process and then all of a sudden it's this beautiful brand new home mm-hmm. and that is the same reason why I watched her show which is called Tidying Up on Netflix the whole concept of the show is that she comes into a home and shows the family how to reorganize in order to make their life easier. She shows them new ways of folding clothing, storage, and obviously if they are trying to get rid of things, where to donate them. And I have been seeing on Twitter that some people are like, well, if I don't want to get rid of a certain object, then why is she going to force me? Mm -hmm. I want to clarify that on this show, she doesn't force anyone. Mm -hmm. And there's a few people on this show that have like sentimental uh, attachment to a certain piece of clothing or an object. And she lets them have their time and she even lets them keep it if they really want to. I think like the whole point of her doing all of this with different families is making them realize that they don't need five things of the same object. You mm-hmm. have one and that is it. And that's mm-hmm. how you're going to maximize your space. Mm-hmm. That's the way I saw it. And based on the few videos that I've watched about being a minimalist, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the same, I guess, goal. Yeah. I have watched a few videos on being a minimalist, but I think you are the one that has done the most on it. Yeah. So I knew about Marie Kondo like way before the show came out. Like I remember when her book came out, which is basic. It's the KonMari method. Mm -hmm. And I remember when the book came out and then I kind of forgot about it. And um, then I wanted to start, this is really, was around the time I was very plant-based. And there's actually, like, a really good, like, I don't know if any of you, like, spend, a ton, like, as much time as I do on YouTube, which is a, a disgusting amount of uh, hours. <laughs> but there is some crossover between people who are um, vegans and who are minimalists, Um and do a lot of health and wellness so there's like that crossover so around the same time I was getting more plant-based I was coming across um, a lot of uh, minimalist uh, videos and they discussed like a couple of them yeah I would say like three or four videos that I watched um, who that were really really good and informational did discuss the KonMari method Um, so I was like familiar with her before the show, um, which is kind of why I didn't want to watch the show also because the reason I was like, I'm not watching the show is because I am very clearly aware of my clutter and I'm like not in the mood. Like I said in the intro, I was like, I'm literally just going to put on Netflix and scroll through my phone so I could have her on the back in the background and still not do anything about my clutter because I'm not in that headspace. Oh right. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not gonna watch this. It's just gonna give me anxiety and just gonna remind me of like the nonsense that I have literally two feet away from me. <laughs> um but yeah, so I um I was I'm 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 familiar with Khan, the Khan Mari method. And um I think the if it gives you joy, I think that's a really good um, 
starting point. Yeah. Because with, um, like I was saying, I'm like looking right now at like the clothing. I have like a little basket right now and it's overflowing with clothing and that's overwhelming. And if you have a lot of things, um, and you just like, don't know where to start. I think that's a really good place to start is like, like being really reflective about like your clothing items. Um, I understand how some people might take it as like, well, my toothbrush doesn't give me sentimental value and it doesn't bring me joy. Should I throw it out? I get that. I get that. I don't know if in the show, um, Karen, does she like specify or does she like go in a little bit further and saying like, yeah, obviously like keep your utilities. Yeah. She does show, she does mention obviously like, for example, when they go into garages and they have all these tools or, you know, just like things that they use for home repair or home cleaning. Mm-hmm. Obviously she's not like, okay, throw this out. Cause it doesn't bring you joy. Right. Cause it reminds mm-hmm. that you have to fix the roof or something, mm-hmm. but she just shows them how to store that in a more efficient way. Okay. What she does about the, does this spark joy? It's usually with clothing. Okay. That's that's where she mostly applied that term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, interesting. On the opposite of you, as soon as I watched that show, I was like, yep, I have some of these problems. Mm-hmm. And ever since I watched the show, I've slowly been cleaning my closet and my room. Mm-hmm. And I come to the realization that I have eight pairs of jeans, okay? Mm-hmm. Blue jeans. Mm-hmm. All just a different wash, but at the end, they're blue jeans. Mm-hmm. And I have five different jean jackets. Does a person mm-hmm. really need all of that? Um, nope. <laughs> exactly. And then I also realized that I have like six different versions of the little black dress. Mm-hmm. When even like fashionistas have said that you only need one. Mm-hmm. But here I am thinking that I need six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's when I started realizing, I'm like, okay, this is something that I need to stop because first of all, a lot of the things don't even fit in my closet. Second, mm-hmm. I don't wear all of them. Mm-hmm. And third, I'm just spending my money when now I could be investing somewhere. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. I see now. Because then that makes sense why, like, I, like this wouldn't be effective for me because I don't, I actually don't tie a lot of sentimentality to my clothing. I do have a lot, which I have to, like, basically give away. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason why I haven't given anything away yet is because I'm still in a transitional period in terms of weight flux. Okay. So, and I only have two pairs of jeans. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like it. I mean, I also wear a lot of leggings. So I do own a decent amount of leggings, but that's like my athleisure. So I like will wear it in personal wear and I'll also work out in them. Okay. Um, but yeah, I only have two pairs of jeans. You know, I have that only one black dress, which actually doesn't even fit me anymore. So I have to give that away. Um, that little black dress, Dom, it just 
fit you like a glove. I know. It doesn't fit me anymore because I'm in flux. Like I've lost like 44 pounds now. Um, so like, I think my, I'm just like lazy. I don't want to like, I want to like get to a weight where I'm like, I know I won't need to go back to these clothing before I give them away. Right. Yeah. But you see, I feel like we all hold on sometimes to certain objects for a reason. Mm -hmm. Mine is usually, oh, but what if I get rid of it and later I'm going to need it? Mm -hmm. That's always my reasoning behind Mm -hmm. it. But now that that I've been doing a lot of like deep cleaning, I'm like, no. To be honest, I don't need all those six pairs of jeans or the six little black dresses. Mm-hmm. And I guess you kind of do inventory. That's yeah. what it is. And you yeah. realize, okay, next time I go to the mall, maybe I pick up, I don't know, a red dress. Or mm-hmm. if I don't really need to go to the mall, I won't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So in minimalism, I think it's the rule of 33. I think that's what it's called. It's basically 33 items in your closet. Um, which I love actually, I really like that idea. Um, but it's like, have your basics pretty Uh much like one jacket and have it be a really good quality. So that's another thing that's also in minimalism, which people like say, and I get that critique. It's pretty bougie. Like a lot of the people, I remember this one YouTuber, she's Australian and she like, she's like a fitness um, she's like fitness and Instagram. She has like really beautiful, like really beautiful aesthetic, very sleek, modern and minimalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and even her tattoos are super nice, clean lines. Um, <laughs> but she has like almost all her clothing is like really chic and black and it's really nice, but she has like 33 items of clothing and like, she'll have like a really nice, like Gucci bomber, but it's like, it's nice quality. It's going to last her. You know what I mean? So she's yeah. not constantly buying or like she doesn't have to like buy another jacket. Do you know what I'm saying? So like I get like, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously not buying Gucci, but I mean, <laughs> I would buy something a little bit on the higher end. So then I wouldn't need to constantly buy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, in minimalism, I don't know if this is the Mari method, but I do know that there is like, have 33 items of clothing down from like not I don't think underwear is included but like from like your basics to like you know like your basic under yeah shirt till your shoes wow mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I can ever get to that level I will be honest and mm-hmm. regarding what you said about purchasing you know like higher end items Mm-hmm. I have done that, but only because I find them at good prices at the thrift shop. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. And now I realize, like, okay, I have this good quality, let's say, leather jacket, and I don't need to search for any more. Mm-hmm. So I think regarding those type of items this year, I'm going to be doing less shopping. Yeah. So that's kind of where I want. I feel like minus the things that I like if I'm going to the gym um I feel like I always wear the same like I don't know I just feel like I always wear the same things that are super comfortable to me like I'm just very like I'm I um 
comfort is my fir- first thing over style. So sometimes I probably do look a hot mess and I'm like, I don't care. I'm really comfortable in this, whatever. Um, so I do prioritize comfort over style. Um, I do think I could do the 33 or at least have be really, really comfortable with just 50 items of clothing, like in my life. Okay. Huh. I think I could do that. I'm not saying this is a challenge. I don't want to hear nothing on Twitter. Like, here's a 50 day. I want to hear it. I'm just saying. I think I could do it. <laughs> I will be honest. I don't think so. Yeah. I think I could. I, like, I don't know. If I get, like, things that are, because I'm also someone who doesn't, I don't do prints. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I like a lot of, like, block colors. So, I don't know. I feel like it could, I could use a lot of things interchangeably. Yeah. Yeah. I have watched a lot of videos about how to create the, um, what do they call it? Like a, not a basic wardrobe, but something that makes it easy for you to get it ready in the morning. Mm-hmm. And most of the videos that I watch always say to buy solids. Yeah. Yeah. To pair. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's me. I'm like, <laughs> buy. That's why I feel like I could do 50 items of clothing if I have like really good solids to start out as a base. It's kind of like with cooking or like with, um, you know, in the French, French cuisine, um, uh, in French cuisine tradition, there is, uh, what is it called? Uh, is it called a remoulade? No, that's not what it's called. I don't know. There's just like the base things you cook with okay. for like most things. And it's always celery, carrots, and onions. Ah. Yeah. And like, those are the things that's like your base. And then you can build out a couple of dishes from it. And that's how I've always felt with like, because I mean, now I'm like, I'm not concentrating on all that stuff. And I do have a ton of clothing from undergrad, which I just like, I need to get rid of. And the only reason I haven't gotten rid of it is because I'm like, I don't want to, um, not because I'm like, I have sentimental value. It's like, Oh, I wore this to a really cool party. I don't care about that stuff. I'm just lazy. Um, which I'm sure Conmarie also acknowledges. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think if I really did try, I could have, um, have a good, good, good base or like be really, okay with having 50 items of clothing I think the the whole concept behind it is like if you could move with all your belongings then that's minimalism oh yes I I think I have heard that before in one of the videos that I've watched Mm -hmm. but you know what you know where I really think that I will I'm okay with let's say 30 items or so it's in the kitchen Mm. (laughs) because not only that I don't cook a lot and I'm not going to be cooking a meal for like 50 people, Mm -hmm. but I did clean out the kitchen and I realized that we had a ton of mugs. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we had mugs where, where it looks like the queen is going to come and have tea with us. Okay. And we've never even used them. I don't know where my mom got them from. So that already went into the donation bin. 
Nice. Yeah, I don't even touch the kitchen because I don't. It's not. That is not my area. <laughs> well, now it is. Now that my mom is not here, well, mm-hmm. she, you know, she's has a few weeks left. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should just make space because I'm probably gonna be in there more often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I was able to get rid of more things in the kitchen and made tons of more space versus my closet. Mm-hmm. And obviously I don't have any sentimental value to the mugs or anything like that. Yeah. But with clothing, not that I have like sentimental attachment to it, but I do feel like, okay, this was a good bargain. Why should I let go of it? Mm-hmm. But I have gotten rid of a lot of stuff and I also donated or send it to my cousins in Mexico. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I've done that a couple of times. My mom has done that for, like, she's just come in my room and taken my clothes and sent them to Haiti. You know, how moms do. Don't even ask. <laughs> oh, you see, my mom does that with my brother. She'll go through his closet mm-hmm. and just ask him, like, hey, do you still want this? Because I noticed you haven't worn it. Mm-hmm. So that's what she does with his closet. But with mine, I'm just like, hey, I have this bag. Do you want to send it over to Mexico or should I just take it to Goodwill? Yeah. Oh, my God. I hate handbags. I I know they're for utility. And I have I have plenty. Like, you'll see me with the handbags from here, here and there because my mom thrifts them. But I hate that, like, one day I am wearing a handbag and then I forget my wallet, which is something that happens. Oh, yes. Believe so, me. So, like, that is one thing I'm actually going to be really conscious. I'm just going to have one black bag for literally everything. I'm trying to find a really nice black bag for me to, um, <clears throat> for it to be really versatile because I'm, I'm tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> I just, like, I'm so tired. I just, like, won't. One of everything. Do you think that, for example, how are your parents when it comes to this type of things, like cleaning up in general? How are they? My mom would purge the whole house if she could. They're not hoarders at all. Ah, you see, my dad is. Mm -hmm. His thing is, it's not with clothing, it's with electronics. Mm. If he sees a speaker, he claims he needs it because he doesn't have that same speaker that does the same boom sound Mm -hmm. and I have told him at times I'm like do you really need this he's like yeah because this one is plugged to the tv this one I plug to my iphone this one I use it when we have guests over so basically he has a speaker for every occasion (laughs) (laughs) but I think that's where I get it a little bit from and also with his um, with his tools, you know, like screwdrivers and hammers, he has a few of them, and he keeps them in different places of the house to a point where it doesn't make sense. Like in the living room, like why why do you need to have a screwdriver in the living room? Like Never just keep know. it with the rest of the toolbox. <laughs> so, um, I mean, those are habits that you can't break from one day to another but I feel like with parents they're older and it's harder for them I guess with certain people yeah 
to break yeah. them out of those types of habits that they've had for a while. Yeah, I think that's really important. Also, um, one thing that I did see was that it is hard. Um, it is hard for, especially if you are in a like lower or lower socioeconomic status, to just throw things away, mm-hmm. especially knowing how easily, like how precarious your situation is in terms of like housing and shelter. And, like, just, like, having valuable things. Like, right. sometimes you have to have, like, something that would be valuable in order to sell to make, I don't know, rent. Oh, I see. Yes, So yeah. I have heard that as um, something to be mindful of. Like, it isn't always easy for people to, like, throw things away who are you know, probably going to feel a little insecure without, you know, the valuable things. And like sometimes having something that doesn't seem that sentimental to us probably because sentimentality is obviously subjective, but like for people who probably haven't had um, much stability in most of their lives or growing up or have been, have grown up poor or homeless, will probably keep more things to seem more homey or okay. seem more like a home. Yeah. Which is something I've heard and I think that's really valid. Yeah, now, now that you mentioned that, it reminded me of an episode on Shameless mm-hmm. where Fiona, spoiler alert if you guys haven't watched like the latest season, mm-hmm. but in this particular season, Fiona is... Fiona owns a building and Mm -hmm. one of her tenants passes away. Mm -hmm. And when Fiona finally gets into the apartment, this lady is dead and she was a hoarder. Mm -hmm. But then they kind of give a little bit of backstory and she had been living around that neighborhood for the longest time. Her husband passed away during the war And then none of her relatives, I think, really, like, checked in on her after her husband passed away. Mm -hmm. And which I'm assuming that was the reason why she started collecting all these objects, I guess, because she felt lonely, I guess. Mm -hmm. But you remember this other show on TLC, which was called, I think, Hoarders, 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 right? Yeah. That one was an emotional show. Mm Mm-hmm. I never watched all of it. Did you? Yeah, I remember one show, actually, as I'm talking about this now, this one guy, I felt terrible for him. He was, like, he's been homeless for, like, he's been homeless on and off for 22 years, and then he finally received a home and was just, like, he, every single thing he could get his hands on, he kept it in the house. And I'm, like, I get that. I get holding on to something like um, something as benign as like newspapers because you just like don't know when everything could be ripped up from under you when you've been in a situation like that and like it's so it goes so much deeper than like oh like me calling myself lazy like I'm only gonna say that about me because I know my intentions I know what's in my heart and I'm very clearly projecting it I'm like I'm letting you know this is what's this is why I have a mountain full of clothing on, you know, next to my uh, 
skincare table. Um, (laughs) but like with like things like situations like this, it's like, yeah, it's much deeper, much more emotional, a lot of psychology going into it. And it's almost always tied to trauma. Yeah, that's the, you, you made a good point. And I feel like a lot of the people that were criticizing Marie Mm -hmm. Kondo, I think they didn't either they didn't watch the show mm-hmm. and also I feel like a lot of the people that participated in the, in this show, they were not in that situation. Mm-hmm. Most of them were people that wanted to make extra space because they, they wanted to have a, a baby or others. They were just, I think like it was the first time that they were going to invite their parents over and they just wanted to really impress them. So it was more of like those situations where it's like, okay, let me just uh, clean up and I need help in order to actually get it done because she actually checks up on you mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, what's the progress on this? And she throw, well, not throws, but puts all of the clothing on your bed. So obviously you can't sleep until you clean up. Yeah. She don't know that I will sleep on top of it. <laughs> Imagine Dom. <laughs> I have done that before. I'll sleep on the floor. And when the cameras are not there, the the family or the individual will kind of like blog their progress. So, and I feel like a lot of the people, they weren't in this situation where, you know, like courted, like the show Hoarders. It was completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed very, um like my up, like my upbringing, like middle class, yeah. Living in a house. Maybe there's some apartments. Uh, let me think. Oh, yes. There was like three or four that were apartments. Mm-hmm. And one of them, it was a family that had, I think like they moved from LA to, to another state, but obviously like their space was smaller mm-hmm. and they, they just needed help kind of like reorganizing everything. And yeah, just being more organized in order to make everyone's life easier because obviously it's already hard enough moving from one state to the other, especially if you have young kids. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like all, like the show is obviously valid. I'm not saying like, you know, shame on the middle class kind of like, I mean, if you're living in that situation and you want to better it or find a way to ease I don't know, anxieties or clean up or anything like that, obviously do that. Um, I just think it's like, I thought that was a really good point that someone pointed out to me to be really mindful of like, you know, it's not really easy for everyone to apply this method. Um, I remember you mentioned um, the backlash. I remember the first time I started seeing the backlash, it was like when she said like people should have less than 30 books and I just, like, I saw so many people just, like, freak out. It was, like, what? Like, what? Like, uh? And I'm, like, I, I feel like that's that's not a crazy ask. Like, I have less than 30 books currently. Yeah. Um, and I want to keep it that way because, one, I, I'm a huge supporter of the public library. I really feel like if anyone conceptualized of the library now it wouldn't it would not be public it's one of the last few like actually public 
goods for people. I feel like if it was conceptualized now, it would have been something out of freaking Silicon Valley and it would have been a subscription service. <laughs> Dom, you just described a WeWork, basically. Yeah, I yeah. I just like I I really think like technocracy has like melted a lot of people's brains and I'm very grateful that the public library is still a lasting legacy from a different era where like not everything had to be monetized and commodified and I I really love that um and I want to keep that forever like I think that might be the hill I die on I say this a lot and I'm like "Mm, I'm gonna die on a couple hills this might actually be the hill I die on. I'm like, I will fight till the end to make sure public libraries are still a thing until, like, you know, we all die from global warming. Um, <laughs> and still, I hope the library still stands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think, like, for me, I personally would love to have a really cute mini library. And I do think I could still do that with 30 books. Um, but I think that's like reasonable to like have 30 books or less that you have in your possession. And then you like go to the library and you read and you use that resource. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, this feels so, so good. Moving on to highlights, I know you mentioned the library, and mm-hmm. once again, we're going to refer to the movie The Day After Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Remember that everyone hides in the library at Bryant Park? You see? There we go. <laughs> the libraries need to be around. But I do want to send a shout out to the New York Public Library because there's one around where I live, which is basically like five minutes away and then there's another one in Kingsbridge Road which I think Thesis and Merrow have mm-hmm. visited that library but girl let me tell you that library is five floors okay mm-hmm. they have a video like an entire floor dedicated to like movies and music then there's another one where it's like you know for the younger kids Mm-hmm. Then they have one for adults. I haven't been to the other two le- levels yet, which I'm assuming they're also for adults. But, uh, oh, I know they also help with um, citizenship. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> they have tons of computers, tons of outlets. They also have a patio. So if you want to have a call or anything like that, obviously you can't do it in the library because it has to be silent. Mm -hmm. So you go out into the patio. This library is popping, okay? Why go pay for like a WeWork or anything like that when you can just use the library? So that is my quick highlight. And obviously, if you can donate, please do so because, you know, that way these places are available to other people and i think a lot of elderly people that's where they go to the library i've noticed that a lot oh yeah mm-hmm. oh it's the library they they're the ones that vote the most because they have nothing to do <laughs> jury duty and the gym go to the gym around 8 to 11 a.m it's all old people <laughs> I would also say the church. Oh, yeah. I forget that. Yep. The, 
that's gonna be my life okay mm-hmm. when I retire yeah that's a good night that's a really beautiful retirement <laughs> anything you want to highlight though um I wanted to highlight I don't have any like real specifics um it's been a real hard Black History Month for anyone following <laughs> any kind of news from like Governor Ralph Northam's blackface or Klan outfit. We don't know. And then there's oh, so funny. many other people who are like, hey, I think I've done blackface too. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> to um, Jesse Malay to 21 Savage. It's just been from, you know, last year when we had a lot of beautiful, like, Wakanda and oh, like, yeah. we're really happy and celebrating like African diaspora and African American um cultures um combining to people just running amok this <laughs> this mm-hmm. year and this month it's been hard the little little things that they give us in this society we can't even really enjoy because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> It's been hard, but I do want to give a shout out to like a lot of the um, like cultural, um, like the local cultural uh, organizations like I Am Caribbean um, and Afro Latino Festival, um, which, you know, they don't just put on the festival. They do um, have like events or like they'll announce and coordinate events. And I've seen a couple of like really great workshops especially um within like afro-latino um uh intersections and i know there was one or there's been a couple about like bridging the gap between haiti and dominican republic um and you know really good great efforts of like reminding at least like black diaspora of our our heritage and our legacy so i want to give a shout out to like a lot of those like local um local cultural um uh organizations instagram pages twitter pages really really doing the work with disseminating a lot of history and really trying to um do more work in terms of organizing and teaching and giving workshops and i think despite all the news that's happening, I think this is really good. And I'm happy that they are continuing it in black history month, but they continue. It's just something that they constantly do throughout all of the months, which is really great. Um, uh, so I wanted to give a shout out and be like, we, I, I notice I'm you, y'all are always in my, on my mind and thank you for being, um, a really good anchor for us when you know the news is tough out there yeah uh-huh. oh yeah this feels so so good this Black History Month has been basura, so I'm done. You know what Bag Lady said? I was listening to to um, the episode from, I think it was like a week. By the mm-hmm. time this episode goes live, it'll be like a week or two. Mm-hmm. They were talking about the same thing, Black History Month, and they were like, we need a refund. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we need to go speak to the manager about this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, I know it is something that is symbolic. Um, and it's, you know, it's history and we're still continuing and creating our own history. And some people will be like, it's just one month and it doesn't matter. I don't care what those people have to say. I still think it's really, really important um, to uphold that. And like, I, like, it's important to celebrate. It's really important to have these celebrations and to commemorate, um, have moments where we really are focusing on it. I think it should just all be American history. Um, (laughs) all of it. And like, I don't think like, this is the thing that kind of annoys me when we talk about America, it's always like implied that we're talking about the United States when literally this entire hemisphere is America. Yeah. Like it's the United States of America and like it's North America, which includes Canada. <laughs> it's um, Central America, Mexico, and all the other countries that lead into South America. And there's Latin America, which is like all of the Caribbean. And there's like Caribbean. Like it's just like we're all the Americas. <laughs> yeah. Like we all should have our histories being told and celebrated. It's 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 and, wild. Yeah, um, one month. Yeah. Yeah, it really shouldn't be one month. And then we're all, we're really all interconnected. If you think about it, it's, uh, anyways, yeah. (laughs) I need a refund. I need a recharge. I need Black History Month self care. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do better in 2020. We will, yes. And that's it. Thank you, Dom, for Mm -hmm. that. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have a chance, please make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And then also let us know your thoughts. Like, what what have you been doing since you either watched the, the Tidying Up show or read the book, if you had a chance to? Let us know. Are you putting any of these tips into practice or what are your overall thoughts? We'd love to hear them. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a great day or night. Mm -hmm. Bye. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media.